What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. So many women on this podcast talk about how counseling has benefited them in the grieving process. So I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's an online counseling service that allows you to match with a licensed professional therapist that can access your needs through online chat, video call, or a phone call. Pretty incredible during a pandemic, if you ask me. It's a more affordable and accessible way to get counseling. Life After Miscarriage listeners will receive 10% off their first month when they sign up through my special link, betterhelp.com slash L-A-M for 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash L-A-M. Get matched with a counselor today. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello, everyone. We have Shannon Henry on today's episode. I am so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Shannon, I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like with your story. So... Um, first of all, I just want to say thanks for having me. Um, I've been listening to your podcast, um, pretty much since immediately after our loss. I'm the kind of person that just likes to jump in to like finding sort resources to help me grieve and heal. Um, so, and I love podcasts. So immediately after our loss, I was like, there's gotta be something about miscarriage in the podcasts. So I found yours and I've been listening to it pretty much every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday since our loss on my afternoon walks. So I just want to say thank you for what you're doing and thanks for having me. Um, but my story kind of starts, my husband and I got married last June. So we've been married for not quite a year. Um, our one year anniversary is coming up in a couple weeks. And when we got married, we decided we were going to wait to start trying until my husband got finished with school because he's in a technical program right now that is about two years long. Um, and we decided once we got into a house, we'd kind of revisit that discussion. Um, well, we got into a house, um, in February this year. But we still decided, okay, we're going to kind of hold off until at least the end of the summer before we started trying. And um, I have been off birth control since pretty much we got married because of my migraines. And I've been tracking my cycles via the fertility awareness method Um, and just, I guess in March, I was really just kind of off my game, I guess, with everything that's going on with coronavirus and just stress. I was like, I don't need one more thing to stress about. I'm not taking my temperatures. We'll just be extra careful. And um, obviously we were not uh, because right the day after Easter, I found out I was pregnant. So it was quite the surprise. Um, And I remember kind of being nervous to tell my husband because this wasn't our plan. We were not planning to get pregnant. Um, but honestly, he was probably more excited than I was. He got home and he was immediately like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So that took a little bit of stress off of my back. I was like, okay, I can get excited now. 
Um, so we pretty much immediately told my family and um, my husband's family and our close friends. Um, I have a son from a previous relationship. So we told him, I mean, like the same day we found out, we were so excited. Um, and honestly, I was kind of anxious to tell literally the world. I wanted to just shout it to the rooftops. Um, because when I got pregnant with my son, I was young, I was 20 years old and, um, I was not in a relationship. So when I got pregnant with him, it was like a completely different feeling. I was scared. I was almost embarrassed and ashamed because I was this young single woman who was still in college. And I didn't tell anybody that I was pregnant with him other than like my family and very, very close friends until after I found out that my son was a boy. So around our, my 18 week appointment with him. So I told my husband, I was like, I just want to share with everybody right now. But we decided to wait. We were, we decided to wait until at least after my first scan so that we knew that everything was okay. Um, I wasn't expecting to get in for my first appointment until later on into my first trimester because of everything going on with the coronavirus. Um, so I was really surprised when my doctor's nurse told me that I was going to come in at six weeks for my first ultrasound. Um, so when we came in for my first ultrasound, um, I was really nervous. Um, my husband couldn't come in because of, um, restrictions due to the coronavirus. So he was kind of ticked about that. And ahead of time, they had told us, you know, I know it sucks, but we'll let him FaceTime in. Um, and then I got in there and I was like, okay, so it's time to FaceTime my husband. And they're like, oh no, he can't FaceTime. That's against our policies. So I had to tell him that like seconds before my ultrasound and he was so upset. Um, but I was like, it's okay. I know you're frustrated, but like, I'm sitting on the table right now with no pants on. So like, let me let you go. Um, so I told him like, look, I'll call you immediately after I'll send you pictures, whatever. Um, so I pretty much held my breath until like they finally pulled up the ultrasound and said, everything's fine. Here's the baby. They showed me the little flicker of the heartbeat. They measured it. And I think it was 97 beats per minute. Um, and then I went upstairs to see my doctor and he was like, you know, everything's normal within normal range. The heartbeat's a little low. Um, but this is pretty normal for six weeks. Um, because that heart, their heart, little heart is still developing. And when you come in, by the time you come in for your next visit, we'll be able to hear the heartbeat and it should be a lot stronger. Um, he pointed out that I did have a small subchorionic hematoma. Um, and I had already kind of done my research um, because even though I know you shouldn't Google, like Google was my best friend after I found out I was pregnant. Um, so I felt like I knew, I knew, um, everything that could go wrong. And, um, so, and I had a friend of mine who had had a pretty severe, like a very large subchorionic hematoma. So she had kind of told me ahead of time, like, that that was a thing and told me how horrible her bleeding was. Like she was bleeding like buckets. Um, so my doctor told me, you know, you can expect some bleeding and a little, maybe just some spotting, um, but it's nothing to be concerned about. So immediately we got home and I was like bursting with excitement. So we decided 
to just go ahead and share that we were pregnant, like publicly on social media. Um, and I, I was a little nervous, I guess, sharing so early. Cause like I said, I was just over six weeks and, um, but I kept telling myself, you know, if something happens, I want people to know because I don't want to like suffer in silence, I guess. Um, and you know, I said that not really thinking that anything would ever happen, especially because I got pregnant so easily with my son. And honestly, I got pregnant pretty easily this time. Um, and nothing was wrong with my pregnancy with my son. I mean, I carried him very easily with relatively no complications throughout my whole pregnancy. Um, so at, I want to say six weeks, we decided, okay, we're just going to go ahead and share. Um, well, just a couple of days later, um, on Friday, when I got home from work, I, um, started having some mild cramps. Um, and I know at that point in your pregnancy, like it's still pretty common to cramp. Um, and they weren't severe. So I just kind of took it easy, sat outside on the patio with my husband and my in-laws and just took it easy and said, you know, maybe I did a little bit too much at work. Well, the next day I started seeing a lot of blood um, and it was bright red. So, you know, if you've ever been part of any sort of pregnancy group or done any sort of Googling about pregnancy, like bright red is scary. Um, and then I started seeing some small clots. So I was like, well, let me just call in and see what they want me to do. Um, the nurse on the phone told me, you know, unless I was soaking through a pad, don't worry about coming in, that it's still pretty normal to bleed, that if I had that subchorionic hematoma, um, you know, bleeding is normal, it's to be expected, and that unless I was soaking a pad, that they didn't want me to come in. Um, I never got to that point where I was soaking a pad, but the bleeding definitely got heavier. So I, I was, of course, just like stressing out. And I told my husband, like, we've got to go to the assessment center. Um, so me and my husband were home. My son was home with us. So he drove me to the assessment center, but he didn't come in because my son was there with us. Um, so he just like sat in the parking lot with my son. And then eventually I told him like, I could be here for a while. So like, y'all just go home because we live right around the corner from the um, hospital. And uh, my in-laws were texting me and my mother-in-law was gracious enough. She decided to drive to our house, which is about 40 minutes away um, from where she lives. And uh, she came to our house to sit with my son so that my husband could come up to the assessment center. Um, but before he got there, you know, went back into the back in the triage area and um, the nurse that I saw in the triage area meant really well, but she, she was not very helpful. Um, you know, I'm in here and I'm terrified and I'm bleeding. And, you know, as soon as I got back there, she asked me like, okay, well, what's going on? And of course I start sobbing telling her like I've been bleeding I've been cramping and she was like oh my god why are you crying and I was like I'm just stressed out and she told me and I don't think I'll ever forget these words she told me we don't cry back here unless we know that there's something to cry about and I was like 
in the moment, I was so just like worried about what was going on that it really didn't hit me that that was like rude. <laughs> and she, I know she meant well, but I was like, okay, um, who says that to someone who's terrified at six weeks pregnant that like they're miscarrying? Um, but the nurse practitioner ended up coming back and she checked me and she kind of had the same sentiment, like, let's not try to stress until, um, you know, we know more. This is actually pretty common, especially since you have that subchorionic hematoma. Um, so she did a pelvic exam and she said, you know, you are bleeding, but it's not really heavy to our standards. Like I know it's scary because any blood looks like too much when you're pregnant. Um, but this is not heavy to our standards. Your cervix is still closed, which is good. Um, and at first they were just going to send me home. They were like, you know, you're only six weeks pregnant, so we can't do it with our help handheld little ultrasound machine. Um, and they kind of had me sitting in there for a while and the nurse practitioner ended up coming back and she said, you know what, like we're not super busy right now. I'm going to order an ultrasound. So by that time, my husband had got to the assessment center and I was in the waiting room waiting to be called back for the ultrasound. Um, and that's when I was telling him, you know, what happened in the triage. And that's when I realized like that nurse was so rude. Like who says that to somebody? Um, but my husband kind of helped me like, he distracted me, distracted me, so I wasn't like stressing out too badly until we got back to ultrasound, which felt like an eternity. But there was other people, you know, there were other people waiting to have their ultrasound um, that had come in before me. So we finally got back, and um, the ultrasound tech was so nice. She was so sweet, like from the moment that we got in there, um, and. She pulled it up. She immediately was like, there's your baby. There's the little flicker of the heartbeat. Um, so we were immediately relieved. And this was my husband's first time that he got to see the baby. Um, so I was happy that my in-laws got to come and watch my son so that he could come up to the hospital with me. Um, we got to actually hear the heartbeat this time, which was, I want to say right under 120. I want to say it was somewhere between 115 and 120. Um, so I was immediately relieved. I was like, okay, the heart rate, heartbeat is getting stronger. That's good. Um, she ended up giving us some pictures and at first she couldn't get the printer to work. And they also don't typically print out pictures in the emergency department. Um, so I was like, oh, this, this little tech is so sweet. Um, but the, then she couldn't get the printer to work. She ended up coming out to the waiting room and finding us to give us pictures. Um, so that was great. But, uh, she pointed out during the ultrasound, you know, she pointed out the subchorionic hematoma and she said, you know, because of where it's positioned, you're probably bleeding a little bit more than some people would um, because of where it's positioned. Um, so I would should, they basically sent me home and they said, you know, just be on pelvic rest. You can probably expect more bleeding because we've had to do a pelvic exam, a vaginal ultrasound. Um, so you can probably expect more bleeding, but just, you know, you're going to be on pelvic rest for at least a week or so. Um, 
so the next day or on Monday, my doctor's nurse called me. She said, you know, we saw, see that you came into the assessment center with some bleeding. Um, and she was just so sweet. She had like a completely different attitude from everybody that I talked to that weekend before. She was like, you know, I'm so glad that you called in um, just to get checked out, you know, because I know that's stressful and we don't want you to be stressing. Um, and she told me, she said, call if anything gets worse. If you have, if your cramping gets more severe, if your bleeding gets any heavier. Um, so, and she told me, I think, you know, we'll see you in on Thursday afternoon for an appointment. So I was like, okay, well, you know, everything's good. We'll be seen again. So I was kind of at the point where like, all right, I'm not going to stress anymore. Um, and then that afternoon I went home and I had horrible cramps. I mean, it was to the point where it, it basically felt like my labor when I was um, pregnant with my son. I mean, I was doubled over. I took probably about three hot baths that night. I took some Tylenol every four hours, I think. And I just, I went to sleep with like no relief. Um, I woke up again the next morning at like 4 a.m. And I was still having cramps. Um, so I got in the bath again, probably around like 6 or 6.30. I finally like stopped cramping. And at that point I called and left a message with my doctor's nurse. Um, and she called me back and said, you know, we're not in the office today. I'm just, I came in to check my messages and make calls, um, some calls. She said, but we're not in the office today, but we'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. Um, since your cramping has like slowed down, just try to rest. And luckily I was working from home that day. So I just kind of like sat in bed and sat on the couch and was working you know, from a, anywhere between my bed and the couch. Um, but she said, you know, we have the doctor that's on call for my doctor. She said, if anything gets worse, call the nurse for the doctor on call. And I'll let her know that to expect a call from you just in case things get worse. Um, so, you know, of course I was still bleeding. Um, and then probably around 2 p.m., I had gone to the bathroom and on the pad, I had like, I don't even want to call it a clot because I don't think it was a clot. I think it was some sort of tissue, um, but it was about the width of my pad. So immediately, like my heart dropped to my stomach and I was like, this isn't good. This isn't right. I need to call it. I need to call the doctor. Um, so I did and she called me back. Um, almost immediately after. And she was like, you know, you have your appointment tomorrow. At this point, there's really nothing we can do. But if you want, you can come in. She said, it, even just to give you peace of mind that maybe nothing's wrong. Um, so I said, you know, no matter what's going on, I'd rather know now because I'm just going to stress until I get into that ultrasound tomorrow morning. <laughs> Um, so I like got myself dressed. My son was home with me and got him dressed, dropped him off to my dad. I texted my husband and said like, Hey, this is what's going on. I'm going up to the hospital. 
Um, and he immediately was like, okay, I'm going to meet you there. And I reminded him like, you're not going to be able to come in. He said, that's fine. I'm going to sit in the parking lot. Um, I just want to be there. And, um, like looking back now, I'm like, thank God he was there. Um, so I got there before my husband and I told him, you know, where to park, where I was. And, um, I went in, checked myself in and I knew that it would be kind of a long wait because I, I didn't really have an appointment. They were just kind of trying to fit me in. Um, and of course the waiting room was like packed and I was sitting in there and I remember there was a few girls that were sitting across from me and around me that were all pretty far along, which just like looking at them, I was like almost angry because like I knew that something wasn't right. Um, and I was like almost jealous that they were so far along in their pregnancy. And then they started talking to each other and they started talking about how like they were so ready to get their baby out and they were so ready to just deliver. And I was thinking in my head and I actually, I texted my husband and I was like, I want to punch these girls right now. Like, because I was thinking like, I would do anything to be pregnant right now because I know that I'm losing this baby. And here these girls are saying like, I'm so ready to get this baby out. And I was just like angry. Um, and then there was, you know, the workers that were sitting behind the counter, mind you, it's, it's Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> um, so one of the ultrasound techs is like, came up to the front desk and was talking to some of the other workers about Cinco de Mayo and how she couldn't get up, wait to get off of work because they were going to go get margaritas after work. And I was just like, oh my gosh, these people are just like not sensitive. <laughs> And I knew they didn't know what was going on, but I was just like, wanted to scream out, like, do you know what's going on with me? Like, can y'all just shut up? <laughs> um, so I finally got called back. And of course, the same ultrasound tech that was in the front talking about how she was, couldn't wait to get off of work because she wanted to go get margaritas was the ultrasound tech that was um, in the room with me. And I just wanted to like, scream. Um, but she ended up being great. She was really nice. Um, they did another vaginal ultrasound and like immediately there was, you know, there was no sort of flicker. Um, she was really quiet. She was, you know, moving everything around and clicking on the screen a lot. And I was like, you know, my heart kind of sunk. I just, I knew that I lost the baby and um, probably, you know, it was probably only 30 seconds, but maybe I don't know. It felt like 10 minutes. You know, she said, I'm so sorry. There's no heartbeat. And I immediately just like broke down and into tears. And all this time, like my husband's texting me to let me, you know, ask, you know, what's going on? Are you okay? So I had to send him a text message to tell him like, we lost the baby. There's no heartbeat. Um, and you know, of course he asked me like, are you okay? And I, you know, I just told him like, no, I'm not okay. Um, and he said, you know, I'm here, I'm outside. And um, I said, well, I have to go up to the doctor. Now the doctor is going to want to see me. So they brought me up to the doctor that was on call. And mind you, I work at this hospital. Um, 
so a lot of the doctors that work there, like I'm in constant contact with because I'm the assistant to our chief nursing officer at our hospital. Um, so of course the doctor that was on call, I, I frequently email because she does a lot of work with my boss. So I got in there and um, she starts talking and telling me, you know, like, I'm so sorry. And um, they had actually, they let my husband up when they, you know, realized what was going on because um, the nurse came in and she was like, you know, do you have anybody here with you? And I said, well, no, they wouldn't let my husband in, but he's in the parking lot. And she said, well, let's get him inside and let's get him up here. We're not completely heartless. Like we have these restrictions, but there's, you know, always exceptions to the rule. So they let him come upstairs. And um, so he was with me when the doctor got in there and, um, you know, immediately she was like, I'm so sorry. Um, and, you know, she tried to explain, you know, like sometimes this just happens. A lot of times we don't know why, um, you know, any bleeding in, preg in early pregnancy can be harmful, but, um, you know, she was trying to just kind of give me any number of options that like, or reasons that could have caused the miscarriage. Um, and then she asked me, you know, like, we've got a few options. Um, you are still pretty early. You could wait to pass this naturally. There's a pill that you can take, um, or you can have a DNC. And, um, I decided, I was like, you know, I just want to get the DNC. I had heard some horror stories from different friends who have suffered with infertility about how, you know, they tried to pass everything naturally. And then like weeks later there was infection and then they inevitably still had to get the DNC. So, you know, I looked at my husband, I was like, I just want to get this over with. Um, I just want to, you know, be done with this. I felt like going home and like waiting for it to pass naturally would, um, just like trigger me constantly. Like every time I went to the bathroom, like waiting for, to see something. Um, so he was, you know, supportive. He was like, whatever you want to do, like, this is your call. Um, so we scheduled the DNC for the next morning and we went home and immediately I was like, oh, I have to say something because we had just like, less than a week before had announced our pregnancy on Facebook. Um, so I told my husband, I said, I just, I need to post something because if I get even one, like, congratulations text message from someone who's just now seeing our pregnancy announcement, like, I'm going to lose it. Um, so we did, we said something on Facebook and um, everybody was really great. Like, people immediately reached out um with you know their support their prayers their thoughts some kind words some not so supportive and kind words um even though i know people mean well um you know a lot of people try to explain it away and um i knew they meant well but it was just like some things were kind of hurtful um so i just tried to ignore a lot of messages to be honest um so the next day we went in for our DNC and I was just, I was kind of like a zombie in there. I was like, you know, in a place where I never thought I'd be. And, um, 
you know, they took me back for the DNC. And I mean, before I got knocked out, I remember I just started crying because I was, you know, I knew by the time I got out of that room and woke up, like there would be like no part of my baby inside of me anymore. And then I woke, I did wake up from the DNC and I was just, the first thing I remember waking up was just like me sobbing. Um, And at first it was because I was kind of in pain, you know, I was very sore and um, having some cramping. And then, you know, they pushed the pain medicine and I wasn't really hurting anymore, but then it just like hit me how sad I was. And um, so, you know, my husband was great all through the process. We, we came home and people stopped by. Um, my, my mother-in-law and my mom were like at the house waiting for us when we got home. Um, and people were just great. Like, um, like I said, I, I had told myself before we announced the pregnancy that like, I want to announce this so that I don't suffer in silence even though I didn't really think I would ever have to announce a miscarriage, like it really was a blessing in disguise that I had announced my pregnancy so early because um, the fact that I had so many people reaching out and so many people that knew about it um, that I could have to reach out to um, was just a blessing because so many of my friends that I didn't know had suffered miscarriage had reached out telling me about their experiences, um, which, which did make me feel better because it made me realize like I wasn't alone. There was other people that had gone through this, that had grieved through this and that were like on the other side doing great. Um, and then that, you know, I found this podcast and, um, you know, I did a lot of journaling and I did a lot of praying and, um, I really think just like talking about it helps me. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of it. I can completely relate to the, like announcing on Facebook kind of being like a blessing in disguise type of a thing. Cause I'm the same way it, you know, like if I, didn't if I wasn't so open about it I feel like I would feel like this heavy burden on my shoulders almost you yeah. know yeah. or like I'm holding a secret or something like that um but kind of being able to be so open about it and talk to people about it it, it was super beneficial to me and that's why this podcast was started yeah. um, so that other people could talk about it too so I can really relate to that and I appreciate you so much this is extremely like fresh for you yeah. <laughs> uh, so for you to jump on and share, I think is just huge and it's going to help so many people. I always ask at the end of every episode, if you have one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? So my, my big thing is just like, don't be afraid to talk about it. Um, I've dealt with, like I said, I've dealt with anxiety and depression for years. And when I first was really experiencing those feelings of anxiety and depression, like years ago um I just would like push those feelings down I would bottle it up and then inevitably you like explode and those feelings do come out um so I know from experience that like not talking about what you're going through just makes things worse so even though it was really hard to announce my miscarriage less than a week after my pregnancy 
Like it really forced me to talk about it, which helped me more than anything. Um, because like I said, there was so many people that I was able to reach out to. Um, because one of my best friends, she's been, I've been friends with her since I was in the fifth grade. Um, she's, her husband is career military. So they're actually stationed, um, right outside of London right now. So our time difference is crazy. So like a lot of times when I want to text her and reach out to her, um, she's not, she's like sleeping because it's midnight where she is. Um, so I talk to her most of the time, like if I'm feeling down during the day, but it's helped that there's so many people that do know about what I'm going through because I have like buckets of people that I can just reach out to depending on how I'm feeling. Um, so yeah, just don't be afraid to talk about it. Like speak your needs because people don't know unless you tell them. Um, I was journaling and praying this morning and my, the same friend that lives outside of London, she, for Mother's Day, she sent me this little devotional. Um, actually, I have it in front of me and it's about like helping you grieve and cherish your child after pregnancy loss. And something I read today really like spoke to me and it said, um, you know, like, don't be, don't be ashamed to speak what you need. Um, because people really don't know, like I had to tell my husband sometimes, like, sometimes I just want to sit here and like not talk about it because other people like, especially at I guess at my work, like, because I work at a hospital that cares for women and infants, um, a lot of the people were like, you know, are constantly asking me like, how are you doing? Are you doing okay? And I'm like kind of tiptoeing around me and like, sometimes not meaning to, but like forcing me to like talk about it when I don't want to. Um, like at work, because I know that a lot of times when I do talk about it, I'll start crying. And like the last thing I want to do at work is cry. <laughs> so, you know, I told my husband, like, sometimes I just want to sit here and like, be sad. Um, and he's like, that's okay. Like, it's okay to just be sad because this sucks. And, um, but yeah, I've been able to like tell people, you know, what I need or tell people how I'm feeling and then just kind of like sit with those feelings. And I've had some great friends and family that have just been like allowed me to feel the things I feel. Um, but that wouldn't be possible if I didn't talk about how I was feeling and like what I needed from them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, if somebody wants to reach out to you, where could they do so? Um, so my Instagram is, um, Shan Lan Hen. Um, and I know that you usually link that because it's weird. My, I was telling Shelly before this that my husband has a really common last name. My last name is Henry. So like no Shannon Henry was available on Instagram. <laughs> so it's Shan Lan Hen, which is a combination of my first name, my maiden name and my married name. Um, and it's public. So you can follow me, you can message me. Um, 
I've actually reached out to a lot of the women who have previously shared on this podcast and they've all been great. So if you just want to like talk, I'm here. Yeah. And just connect, just connect with other people who get it. You know, it's huge. Just building a community kind of around this. So I will, I'll go ahead and I'll link your Instagram in the description of this episode. Thank you so much, Shannon, for hopping on and sharing. Like I said, especially because it's so fresh. I really appreciate it. So we will chat soon. Good luck. You'll have to keep us posted on everything and yeah, we'll talk soon. Alrighty. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together. Just